top, 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 top of the morning to you on this Monday, Labor Day Monday. How are you out there? All of you that are tuned in, listening to the podcast, when your time frame permits, as your schedule permits, and you tune into this podcast, first thing first, I want to say to you, thank you for tuning in. I am your host here to give you the most on WDGS on your podcast station. As always, this is your girl, Frida. Hello. Oh, today, 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 do I have a hot topic? I'm spiraling in from earlier this year and even some parts of last year. If you go back and revisit and rewind some of the podcasts, you will see where I talked about the chronicles of hypocrisy. The Chronicles of Hypocrisy. And then this is coming back to me today because I got to share this with you all. You know, so many times people, when they cross over what I want to call to a religious sector, because there's a difference to me, I want to say to me, of being religious and being spiritual. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. There are a lot of religious people, but just because you are religious does not mean you're spiritual. Because when you're spiritual, you begin to follow the ordinance of the Holy Spirit, which teaches, leads, and guides us into all truth. So therefore, if we're not honest, and honesty is not just about telling the truth, but it's about living the truth that you proclaim even in your righteous indignation. So, you know, I I got this thing about this world where people like to dissect Saints and sinners, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this, where people like to to pray against certain sins, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this, but yet they will allow the mist of sin all around them. And my thing is this, now let let me say, we need to pray for deliverance from all evil. That's why I, I love that prayer that was taught, deliver us from all evil. But there are the hypocrisy people that will dissect and they will pray. I want to give an example, but I'm not trying to tap dance on nobody's toes. But I, I, I hear a lot of times when people pray against same-sex marriages and abortions. Now listen to me. I, I get bewildered I really do. When I ever hear a person, if you praying against this, this conduct, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this, because you consider it a sin, I got to ask the question to the listening audience. What about people who live in an adultery? Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. But I don't hear the churches. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. In the pulpit and in their prayer language saying, I'm praying against adultery. I'm praying against fundication. Now, I'm just saying what I don't hear. But if the sin is the sin is the sin, 
what segregates them. See, so many times, this is why, and I'm going back to my belief. There's a scripture that says, it's in 2 Thessalonians, that talks about there's a great falling away in this land. In the latter days would be an indication of a great falling away. But see, to me, I know the accountability of leaders is way, way, way more crucial than the people who are unlearned and untaught. So the great falling away in my perception is because people are looking at leaders dissect acceptable sin and not, and okay it's okay it's okay if somebody you know is committing this sin but they get the opportunity see i got to i got to be real and raw i want to ask y'all the question in your mind especially if there's any leaders out there what you allow a person who live in, because we do know, see, as leaders, the Bible says, we should shun the very appearance of evil. Now, I, I, I got te- to remind some Bible thumpers right now. And then the scripture says that when we know to do good and does not, it is a sin. Okay, so then, so, so if somebody know, if they know, if they know that they know that they know, I, I, I'm just asking you to validate the validity of the truth. So if a person will allow somebody to, to lead people to or intercede for people and they are well aware of the sins that they are committing because they, people have acknowledged these sins. Will you also let a person that's in a same-sex marriage intercede? Well, I hope somebody grabbed this. Would you also let a person in a same-sex marriage intercede? Would you also let a person who tells you that they just purposely get pregnant only to have abortions, would you let them pray for somebody? I want to talk about the hypocrisy of truth. See, see, if we going to call sin, sin, why is there acceptable sins that people can come up in the household of, of churches and be okay to, to, to position themselves to lead people? See, this is what Jesus told the the, the Pharisees. He called them hypocrites. And these weren't Christians. They were religious people. Let me go back to that word. Because he said, y'all serving me with your lips. But your heart is far from it. Because what you do, you go out here and you judge people that's that's out in the world classified, quote unquote, as sinners, and you compel them to come into your church talking about transforming their lives to make it better. But he said, but y'all up in here committing sins just like they are. That's why he said, you just serving me with your lips. Because the very things that you know to do right, you're not, you're not allowing those things 
to take place in your church. But you want to go out here and compel people who not in your church. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. To come into your church to be changed. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. That's the hypocrisy Jesus said to them. That's the hypocrisy. Now, what is a hypocrite? Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this to some people because those of you, my listening audience, again, I want to thank you. I reached over a thousand listeners and I know somebody needs to hear truth. That's my perception why there's a great falling away. Because you got people that will accept certain things and won't accept certain other things to allow people to stand in that same position and do. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. What's the difference? If the sin is a sin, it's a sin. That's why I tell people everybody cannot pray for me. Because I cannot stand in the seat of hypocrisy. And turn a blind eye to what somebody done told me that I know. If I'm going to turn a blind eye, if I don't want to be a hypocrite, oh, well, y'all got to get this, then I'm going to let everybody do it. Everybody can come in and stand in that same position and do what the other person doing. I'm just saying. Why do we segregate sin when sin is sin? I want to share this with you. This is this is from the Bible study tools. Bible verses about hypocrisy. And I, the reason I got to bring this to you because listen, only way we can we can we can eradicate the great falling away. What we need to do though is align ourselves in the honesty dignity of what we minister, teach, and preach to people. See, it's not, listen, the world rests upon the shoulders of God's people. God's people that are real to his word. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. We cannot pick and choose just because we like somebody to excuse what they do. But then the people we don't know and, and, and we have no knowledge of knowing, we'll judge those people and say, oh, no, I can't let two homosexuals come up in my church and pray for people. Well, if you let an adulteress do it, why not? Oh, I hope somebody get this. If you if you dissect people that way, according to the scripture that we as teachers teach, that constitutes a hypocrite. Now, the Bible tells us, and I want to talk to some people because, see, listen, if you've been mistreated by Christians, by religious people, but at the same time, this is why they're falling away. See, because people saying, well, how come they mistreat me? But I know this person right here that, that, that I see do all this stuff right here. And they got to know they do it. But yet they let them be in positions in their, in their sanctuaries. See, that's what happened to Aris. He was a priest from Alexandria, England, way back in the days. That's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. 
They were the same way. They came up in the sanctuary, which is supposed to be sacred. And they lived any kind of way. uh, Well, not any kind of way, but let me say they lived in a way that they made a conscious choice. See, they plotted and planned to go up in the church and tell lies. That's why I say when people know how you consciously living, but yet you don't have a problem being in them positions in the church. Let me tell you what the church, the leaders to me, based on the scripture, and I'm going to give them to you. See, because I don't want you to think I'm just talking off the top of my head about my personal trajectory of nothing. I want to give it to you based upon what God say. And after you receive it, that's between you and God. How you want to place it and process it. How you want to position anything that you allow to take place. But the bona fide fact of a hypocrite What the Bible tells us that a hypocrite is someone who puts on a mask and pretends to be something he or she is not. Hypocrisy is to claim to know and follow certain beliefs. See, that's why I say if you claim to know and follow certain beliefs, how can you judge homosexuals? How can you judge same-sex marriages? How can you judge people who who have abortions, but yet you don't want to judge the adulteress, the fundicators, the people that shack it? <laughs> oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Oh, they acceptable. Maybe because they nice, they kind, they polite. So they get the they get the understanding from whomever their teachers or their leaders that their behavior is rewarded by positioning them to 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 speak or teach or pray over people that already know. So what what does that do for a person belief? Either you're going to believe that all sin is wrong or you're going to believe that the sin that people do we like is not wrong and then it's okay. Listen to me, y'all. So don't misconstrue. You got to hear this word. That doesn't mean that we mistreat people. I'm talking about when we position people to be over executing spiritual beliefs over somebody else. That's the part. That right there. That right there. So when you talk about hypocrisy, because you claim to know and follow certain beliefs, but then to behave in a way that counteract those very beliefs. That's what, that's what hypocrisy is. That's why when I started the Chronicles of Hypocrisy, this is because my eyes had seen so much. And I know if you're listening and you know you haven't gotten everything together, you cannot deny the truth. Many of you that's listening that have not went to a church, not gone to a church, And let me tell you, if I didn't have a commission and a mandate on my life that I've been running from, I probably wouldn't be in them either. Because it's too much hypocrisy. 
It's too many people that they want to just accept certain behavioral beliefs if it's somebody that they choose to embrace. And then that's discrimination. That's religious discrimination. How can you judge other people in the world that that you feel lifestyle is out of order? And when you have anything to say, it's always mean, cruel, and nasty. But then the other person that you like, that's also living in sin, that may be positioned in your church or on on your membership board, that are guilty of the same act of conduct. Oh, they 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 get a pat. Some of them don't even get a pat on the wrist. Instead of getting a pat, some of them get praised. Some of them get promoted. And that's where the hypocrisy in the land lies. That's why it's a great falling away. Let me enlighten you straight from the scripture. Because see, while we should have the wisdom not only to discern words and actions that don't match the scripture, it don't take a rocket scientist. If you are a teacher, a leader, evangelist, pastor, you have an accountability to whatever your title is to study to show yourself approved. You have been taken on that position for a purpose. And the purpose is not for you to wear that title pretentiously until the manifestation. That's not how it work in the kingdom. Because my Bible say, I don't know how nobody else is read, but it says when we seek ye first the kingdom, then all these things will be added unto you. I would not classify myself as a minister if I haven't first sought the kingdom. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. I don't want nobody to put no title over, attach it to my name if I'm not seeking the kingdom. Nobody need to speak what God has purposed for me to do. You, I don't need a tag or a title if I'm not operating in that tag or title. I tell people, if you're going to tell me that you are a school teacher, I know there's a requirement and a prerequisite to becoming one. And if you don't have those credentials that are required to go with that title that you wear it, then that's a deception to the people. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So we also need to remember that when our words and our actions do not match, we need to remember this, that God, of course, is the ultimate judge of character. But see, this is where anybody as a leader going to get many stripes. Because if we know that God is not pleased with that type of character, but we're giving the okay to it, what does that make us? See, when we use the Bible, the verses, and the scriptures, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this, they are not for formality or form and fashion. When we execute 
verses and scriptures to guide, listen to me, to guide others, it is to holiness. That's why I stayed out of the pulpit. I stayed off of platforms because if my lifestyle is not going to guide people to holiness, what am I doing? I'm operating as a hypocrite. If I'm not going to seek the kingdom first and its righteousness and then let all these things, which is titles and positions, be added unto me, then I'm going to be a deceiver. Now, and according to the fundamental teachers, because I, I need to, it's like I keep hearing the Lord say a leadership teaching because we are the ones that can turn this thing around when it comes to a great falling away. Now, listen, that was written back in Mark or Matthews in the Bible. And people thought then the world was coming to an end thousands of years ago. They experienced a whole lot of stuff that we dealing with today. I remember when I was a little girl, people, old, older people used to say then, oh, the world finna come to an end, but it hasn't came. So none of us know that day or the hour. It may be another thousand years from now because we looking at what our eyes see and then it matches up with prophetically written depictions and descriptions of what it's going to be like when the world come to an end. But guess what? There were some people a thousand years ago, they, they sell the same type of same type of things happening in the earth, in the land. There were mass killings thousands of years ago. There was penetrations of heat that burned, literally burned down and ruined entire cities. See, I like to do, I love history. And when you get to studying the history, it, it supersedes way beyond what King James printed in them 66 books. And when we study as leaders to show ourselves approved, we will not be leading people down some mystical pathway. And we definitely would not be leading people by allowing people to be positioned that haven't even sought the kingdom. And even if we're teaching them, after a while, if they ain't seeking the kingdom and its righteousness, then you know that was an old school back in the day. They would sit people down. Because they know that sooner or later, your conduct and actions of hypocrisy it's going to cause other people to stumble. And when people stumble, they fall. That's why I say there's a great falling away. You got to get this. I'm going to give you some fundamental scriptures. First Peter 2.16. And it says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. 1 John 4 and 20, it says, Whosoever claims to love God and yet you hate your brother or sister is a liar. See what I mean? I listen to people. And even when people I know I can discern with a quickness who don't like me. But if you don't like me and you're a leader... And you're a teacher and a guider for other people. 
then that means you living a lie. You, you, you a hypocrite. Oh, I, I know nobody don't want to hear that. But somebody needs to take hold of this information. He that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. For whosoever who does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, the scripture says, how can you love God whom you have not seen? And I know people would definitely exercise that hypocrisy. I love everybody. I love God. Okay, well, that's good. So that means you shouldn't hate on nobody. There should not be a person in this world that you have envy, jealous strife against. Unless you're a hypocrite. Galatians 6 and 3. When, if anyone think they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. So if you think you're righteous, but yet you're an adulteress, you're deceiving yourself. Because see, according to the Bible that we, we Bible thumpers study to live by, it says if you unmarried, you, your bed is defiled. You defiled. So how can you be a defiled spirit and think you holy? I'm just saying. And I'm not here to throw stones. I'm here to enlighten people on how we can turn things around in the world by keeping it real. I used to tell people, look, whatever I'm going to do, if it's a sin, see, that's why I, I got issues with people when they talk about people who drink People who smoke cigarettes, people who same-sex marriage, people who commit adult, I mean, uh, uh, abortion, but yet and still it's okay if they want to sleep around in the church among each other. It's okay if they want to put a, a title over their name, but yet and think they something, but they doing, but they telling lies on people. They, they naysayers, they busybodies, they gossipers. And then they want to say that they love everybody and they love God. And they think because of their title, listen to me, they think there's something. But my Bible said, when you think you something, you are not. See, you might think that you religious, but, but, but you're not spiritual. There's no way. Listen to me, people. And I know the people who don't even understand scripture can understand my speech. How can you think that without deceiving yourself? Because let me tell you the difference between religious and spiritual. When you have a spiritual connection of truth... That's why the fundamental scripture says we can only worship God in spirit and in truth. You can never convince me. I don't care who it is. Because I'm going to teach people the real raw truth of what God say, not what our freedom say. So I want y'all to be able to identify and notice how things are, which many of y'all already do. That's why you don't want to go in folks churches. And I can't sit here and say I blame you. Because if a person say that they are a spiritual being, then you got to deal with people in the truth. And you got to deal with God in the spirit of truth. 
So the truth is, there's no way if you are spiritual, you can run around in this world, tell lies, hate people, be jealous of people, commit fundication, adultery, and all this stuff. And the spirit of conviction won't make you change your life if you spiritual. Now, if you religious, you'll feel it's okay. You'll say, God understands. He see my heart. He know I'm a good person. He know I help people. And that's all well and good. But guess what? Don't judge them other people who just like that, that have alternative lifestyles. Many of those are good people. They have a good heart. They help people. I mean, what segregates you? Because you got a title? Because you go to church and you declare to be a Christian? I mean, this is this is this is a podcast I want feedback from. Reach out to me, wdgs.org. Hit me up through my website. Because see, I'm looking to turn things around. And I'm not talking about taking the sinners out the street. I'm talking about where people's soul matters. And as leaders, we have an accountability to tell people, listen, your soul is at stake. Live the way you choose to live. But if I got to tell somebody, your soul is at stake of of, of God judgment between his laws, rules, and statutes to to take that position and leave and go to hell, you, you ain't working for me knowingly. I'm just saying, we all done sin, listen, and fallen short of the glory. This is not about never committing to sin anymore. Let me put that out there. This is not about never doing something wrong because this is why we repent daily. But this is about knowing that you are leading people and you are in a position to lead people. And you say that you are a spiritual being working for God, but yet the spirit of conviction. You can't convince me, nobody that's living and breathing, because I know I am a spiritual being. And when I lived and did certain things, the spirit of conviction would beat me down so, because that's what the Holy Spirit do. It, 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 it's a, it will comfort you to get out of your wrong to make it right. See, that's why it's the comforter. It'll make you say, I'm at peace with being abstinent. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. It'll make you say, I'm at peace with being honest, even though I know people lying on me. See, that's the comforter. And there's no way anybody can convince me that you are a spiritual being and the spirit of God will not convict you in your mess. I I just would never believe that because I know people who not in leadership positions in churches, sanctuaries, and they'll tell me I felt bad about what I did. The spirit of conviction, because when an anointing rests upon your life, you cannot live haphazardly and not feel convicted. You can't even hardly 
pray and walk in faith if you feel convicted. So tell me, why is it these people have the ability to be in positions to stand in the gap and do things for others that's supposed to be doing it because they're holy? That's the hypocrisy. And that's why I never understood people. How can you go in a church or a sanctuary for 20 and 30 years and you ain't felt no spirit of conviction to make changes? I don't see how people can do it after five years, let alone 20 and 30 years. Because this thing ain't no plaything. See, that's why you got a lot of people in this generation, they don't want no God. They don't even want to believe in a God because if the representation of God is supposed to be the conduct of righteous people, they ain't seeing a lot of right. Oh, I know nobody don't want to hear this, but I hope you grab this. There's a need to listen to this message. Jeremiah 23 and 11, both prophet and priest are godly, godless. Listen. Both prophet and priest are godless, even in my temple, if I find there's wickedness, declares the Lord. See what I'm talking about? This ain't me talking. I'm giving you what God say. That's what WDGS is positioned to do. Give you what God say. And I'm not just going to give it to you because God said it. I'm going to practice what I give to you. There's no way I would title myself in no position and be godless. And I definitely wouldn't go in the church and be found in wickedness. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. You can read it for yourself. That's why this morning I'm giving you where you can locate these fundamental scriptures. That's why there's another scripture says there's going to be false prophets and people will deceive the very elect. You know how they're going to deceive the elect? Because the elect, many of them are godless and 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 they want to talk about this younger generation and they want to talk about the people behavior as they can quote this. We're in the world, but not of the world. Okay, so what world are you in? Because if, if you in the same world that I'm in, we all in one world. But, it, but if you're going to segregate yourself to say, I'm in the world, but not of the world. So you're saying you don't do what the world that people doing? Is that is that's what that's supposed to mean? So if you're not doing what the world that people are doing, then why is there so much... In the temple, as the scripture says, of wickedness. Now that's what Jeremiah was saying in 23. Job chapter 8 verse 13. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perishes the hope of the godless. See, there's got to be a segregation. We supposed to teach people, not just by word, but also by example, also by the conduct of our character. Luke 6 and 46. 
It says, why do you call me Lord? Lord, and you do not do what I say. Why are you going to call me God? Why are you in that position? And you're not going to do what God say do. I'm not talking to the people that are weak. I'm not talking to the people that are trying to learn their way. I'm speaking for them to hear me so they can understand. Don't group all leaders the same because there are some people that's just got positions and titles on their names. But how they living, what they doing, that's why I tell people for years, I'm not impressed with no positions and no titles. I've never, even, even in the workforce, I used to tell people positions and titles, they come with a responsibility. And I know for the bigger the title, the bigger the responsibility, whether it's in Religious realm or natural, as they can say, spiritual or natural. For every position you elevate yourself, the requirement is even greater. And you need to think that as you climb the ladder, people are not going to have eyes on you. I remember working for this company. And they hired me as an assistant manager. That's why I told people I'm not impressed with positions and titles. You need to look at the rewarding benefits of the work that you can produce. That's what matters more than anything. What kind of work are you producing in your employment as well as in your spiritual walk? What kind of work you producing to match all these elevations? So they, the, the, the owner of this company, when she interviewed me, and I, she said, well, what salary would you... She offered me a salary. First, she offered me an hourly salary. And I almost had to catch myself from laughing in her face because I felt it was an insult. So I said to her, I said, no, ma'am. I would not accept the position at that salary. She said, well, I have... Many managers that started that salary. I said, and I, 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 I'm not going to dispute you. Do, do not. I said, however, I would not come aboard as an assistant manager for that salary. See, when you know who you are, even in the, the realm of spirituality, there are things you're just not going to accept. There are things you're just not going to accept. And no matter how somebody else may view it, see it, or perceive it, there are certain things, even in the natural capacity of my life, I just would not accept that position for that salary. I told her, I said, well, if you are interested in my counteroffer, I will, I will work for your company in that position starting out for this salary. And she said, well, no, I can't pay you that. I said, okay. And I sat there for a minute just in case she needed to say something. And I said, well, I want to thank you for the opportunity of interviewing me and time from your schedule. Because she came from North Georgia. And I said, 
uh, wonderful and safe travels, uh, return to your destination. And again, I thank you so much for just taking the opportunity. Because I, I, let me tell y'all something. I was, I was, I was unemployed at the time. And I guess sometimes people think, okay, well, she don't have a job. She just wants some money. She, no, I don't work like that. And I want to encourage you when you know your worth, you don't have to accept what somebody offer, whether that be naturally or spiritually. When you know your worth, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. You don't have to position yourself. I don't listen. I've had offers and opportunities, even in the spirit world, in the spirit realm to come and be a part of people programs. But when you know who you are, you don't, when you, you know, you don't have to prove yourself when you know what's in you. And when you have opportunities on these jobs, see, I knew what was in me. I knew the workshops I had been to. I knew the certifications I had in tax credit. And I refused to accept that offer. So what did I do? I gave her my counter offer. I thanked her. I shook her hand. And I and I and I exit. I exit the building. Okay? And left her sitting there. And the reason, you know, it's amazing because it was Labor Day. It was it was coming up Labor Day. It was around this time of the year. Isn't that amazing? God, the Holy Spirit just brought that to my remembrance. And it was in 19. No, it was in 2000. I'm sorry. So that was 22 years ago. It was it was September 2000. I was sitting home. The phone rang. It was on the Friday, Friday before Labor Day. And I got a call from the lady that interviewed me. Two weeks later from the interview. She said, well, I've done some thinking. And I, I, I did some rearranging. And we can start you out at that salary that you said you would start for she said, and because it's Labor Day weekend, she said, we're closed. Uh, all of our all of our properties are closed on that holiday. So she said, well, can you be in that at that in that office at that property to meet the property manager on Tuesday? That's why I remember it was Labor Day weekend. And I said, sure. And she said, but please know this. You will be making way more money than him. So do not discuss your salary. And I said, I never discussed my salary. That's that's not my that's not my my etiquette, even in employment. I'm not finna tell it's, it's not anyone's business what I make per hour because they cannot spend my check. Okay. What they gonna do with it? If I tell them what they gonna do with it. She started laughing. She said, you know what? I think we're going we're gonna to go a long way with you in this company. I said, well, I appreciate the compliment. And hopefully, I will go a long way in this company. So she said, welcome aboard. I don't need to come back and interview you. And you'll do all your employment paperwork. What am I saying from that testimony? You don't have to take down. And even as a spiritual person. It is our responsibility, and I'm going to tell you that. According to the scripture, 
Because we got to know there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden when it comes to the spiritual things. When you live in foul, you can't keep disclosing that somebody know you're shacking. Somebody know what you're doing. Somebody see you. That's why I tell people, what you mean privacy? You must don't know what century we in. There is no privacy. Nothing is concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them who know that you're not living that. Because the scripture says, if you do, you will have no reward. Listen to me. You will have no reward from your father in heaven. And that's Matthew 6 and 1. Matthew 6 and 1. But I want to definitely say this. Especially, especially to leaders. Because this is why I believe I'm back to where there's a great falling away. People seeing what people are doing. And they know whether or not, that they see whether or not you, you, if you ain't displaying the righteousness of God, what they fear, you must don't know it. If you're not living it, somewhere the people who want to live it, who even excited about maybe, let me get to know this God. Let me see just how magnificent all these people on these social media platforms and pulpits is preaching about. But if they don't see the righteousness and then how they going to know your righteousness of God. And the, and the scripture says in Romans 10 and 3, it says, since they did not know the righteousness of God, they sought to establish their own. And they did not submit to God's righteousness. Titles 1 and 16. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. See, it, 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 there's no way, people, what I'm saying. I'm giving you, I'm giving you all these fundamental truth in reference. Because there's a great falling away of people who looking at people and they keep talking about God this and God that and oh God and God and God. And they claim to know God. They speaking in tongues like barbarics. I'm just telling you what the scripture says. Check it out for yourself. If you, let me see, let me get it right. 1 Corinthians 14th chapter. Read it. Anybody that speak in an unknown tongue that does not have an interpreter and you're not taking time to interpret to the people that are listening, it said you just like tingling brass and making noise. And you carry a barbaric spirit. See, this is where y'all missing the mark. This is why there's a great falling away. I got to deliver this message on this podcast today because it's vital and critical to the whole shifting in the atmosphere of the world. I'm telling y'all, leaders. And see, I want people who don't even understand and know God to hear the truth. Not to put nobody on no chopping block or tap dance on nobody's toes and nobody's ego. But it's time for people to hear what the scripture is saying. That's why I'm not sitting here freestyling and not quoting no scriptures. I want people who don't know to read it for themselves. 
Titus 1 and 16. They claim to know God. And it may read in different variations because it's more like an open book Bible. So if you got a King James Bible, it might read a little different. But it says they claim to know God. But by their actions, they deny him. By your actions, you denying God. You cannot convince me. I've never been one. I don't think I'm, listen, I have shacked for the first time in my life. I cohabitated with a man when I was 54 years old. Make it make sense. I waited all them years. Now, did my boyfriend come and stay tonight? Absolutely. Many times, but they couldn't move in because, you know, they had branded in our mind that, you know, shacking wasn't nothing but a racket. So, you know, we had our little old school sayings, but listen to me, y'all. You got to listen to this because you're going to get some information that's transforming to your truth of many questions you've been asking. And I know there's a lot of people that really want to know How real is God really real? Because they seeing God through the conduct and character of other people's lives instead of getting to know God for themselves. Taking the yoke and learning of him. But see, everybody don't don't sit down and comprehend and understand the Bible. That's where leaders come in to teach. But it's more than just teaching. It's more than just claiming to know God. These people need to see it in your actions. But if every time you get upset in your house, you want to cuss out the whole household. You want to walk through there like a raving wolf. Cussing and carrying on. Or every time somebody say something you don't like, then you want to get an attitude. Or every time you get in position to be in a position on a platform or a pulpit, you want to start speaking like a barbaric. I'm just, hello, I'm just, I'm just talking about God actions, but, but by their actions, you deny God if you're not doing what God has instructed you to do as a leader. And not only does that scripture stop right there. When you read Titus 1 and 16, this is what it say. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. But you want to be a leader over people. I'm just saying, hello. People got to be enlightened. The last verse I'm going to give you, and I'm going to put a pen in this podcast. And I want you to revisit it, rewind it, because I'm declaring and decreeing today that true leaders who are leaders indeed, true warriors of the word, come forth. It's time out for playing in the sandbox. It's time out for pretending. You cannot hate on other people who live a lifestyle you think is unacceptable, but then at the same time, it's acceptable to the people you like in your flock, in your church. They can do all that stuff. Now, you want to talk about the girl on the corner and and the girl that, like, like I used to be, the girl from the project who had five children. They judged me. But then, but they got choir leaders that got three children. They ain't never been married. Now, I got five children, but I had a husband in the projects. I'm just saying, make it make sense. What makes 
what made that young lady that was in the house of God never been married with three children to be positioned to preach better than me? I'm just asking, and this is what the world is looking at. How you going to judge somebody that drink openly when you drink secretly in your house because you you don't want to let people see that you drink? I had a pastor ask me one day. He said, he said, he said, would I go buy him some wine from the liquor store? I'm going to say this and read that last scripture. And I said, I said, I said, why you can't buy if you drinking it? And they said, well, I don't, I don't want my church members to see me coming out of the liquor store. I don't want to risk that. So this is the question I asked them. This has been about, probably about 15 years ago, 12 years. I said, well, do you feel it's wrong to drink? And they said, no. I said, do you think it matters to God? They said, no. I said, so why does it matter to your congregation? Because he see the answer that they gave me. Now, if they had told me, well, I don't mind going in the liquor store, but I don't want to cause nobody to stumble. I don't want somebody to see me purchasing the alcohol and then they may, they may feel convicted. I said, but see, you shouldn't teach people that then. If you don't think that it's wrong for you to drink as a pastor with a church and congregation, and if you don't think that God disprove of you drinking, then you shouldn't teach people that it's wrong to drink. And that way you won't cause your brother and sister to stumble. See, y'all, this is all I'm saying. We living in a truth time where we got to just... Keep it real and raw. Because if you found that something was so wrong with drinking that it can cause people to stumble, then why would you teach that? Because that's why I asked them the question, do you think God think drinking is a sin? And they said no, because they was like a Bible scholar. They knew all these scriptures where it was okay. So so only way a person feel, most people who don't know the Bible, feel convicted of something if people have taught them it's wrong and it's sinful. That's why I go back to my initial statement. Now, the things that is clear evidence, <laughs> like adultery, that's in the Ten Commandments. There are a lot of things that's not even listed in the Ten Commandments, but that's one of them. It don't say nothing in the Ten Commandments about same-sex marriages or abortions. But it definitely says something about adultery and covet and stealing and lying. So if this is done, what, what, what are we doing? And we expect there not to be a great falling away. Don't you know how many people out here, because we, you say, quote unquote, in the world, but not of the world. Do you know how many people of the world know the Ten Commandments? And if they can't see them being executed in your life, but you want to lead them 
And you wonder why there's a great falling away. That's why I say the leaders can turn this whole world around. The real, raw, spiritual leaders. Because people in this time, this is what they need. It's not about forgiving people of their rights or their wrong. Because really and truly at the end of the day, only God can forgive us. It's not man. Man don't have no heaven or hell to forgive us of our sins. That's why we repent to God. See, this is how people been misleading people and, and teaching them. All I call them kitchen wives tales. Stuff that folks said at their table. Or, or one of them muddy sermons. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Matthews verse 23. I mean, Matthews chapter 23. Matthews chapter 23. Matthews chapter 23. Last verse before I put a pen in this podcast. Verse 27 through 28. Verse 27 says, Woe to you teachers. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Woe. Do you know what that means? Google search it. Woe unto you teachers of the law. See, we're supposed to be teaching people God's law. And so anytime we have flock that follows us, that's breaking God's law, just like the law of the land, there's supposed to be some consequences and penalties. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. But this is why I say people don't fear that no more. Oh, well, I know they breaking a spiritual law, but it's okay. And then really adultery is still a law of the land. So you breaking both laws. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Yeah, adultery is still on the law books. Google search it. Now you just got to tell somebody where to come. But if a man is still married and he has a wife that living somewhere else, trust me. She can come to your house with the police for her husband, and that's the law. Now, just think about that for a minute. That's why the power of marriage is a ministry all in itself. People don't understand the power of marriage is a ministry all in itself. You get entitlements from the laws of the land. And if it's somebody you can deal with and live with, why not be married? Because you don't realize how empowering you just position your life. Oh, that's a whole nother teaching. And if I can teach it to you, and I will, as soon as I get all this stuff up and running for 2023, yeah, it'd be a whole lot of people be ready to be, be wedded. Because it's bigger than what y'all know. It's bigger than what y'all been taught. But I want to appeal to you today based on Matthew 23, 27 and verse 28. It said, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Now, wait, let me first quote who I'm quoting. I'm quoting Jesus. Hello. Get your Bibles out if you don't know. Hey. I'm quoting Jesus. This is Jesus talking to the priest position people in the synagogues. In his time, what we call churches. Hello, this Jesus I'm quoting. He called them. He said, woe to you leaders of the law. God's law. And Pharisees. 
you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. You know what that is in the graveyard. Whitewashed tombs. Which look beautiful on the outside. But on the inside are full of the bones of the dead. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So you can take that scripture and I'm telling you, you can get some deliverance from knowing people who real and people who fake. Because he said, yeah, they'll look pretty. They can look pretty. That's why. Thank you for rolling over with me in part two. Part two of leaders laboring and labor for Labor Day. I want to reiterate again to you. Part one. Although it has some tight information, again, that information is not to step on anybody's toes. That information is not to criticize. That information is provided to really, really listen. Listen to what is said. Ponder it in your heart. Process it in your thoughts. But more importantly than anything, see if it really aligns with your Bible. I'm not going to say with the word of God because it's taken. Those scriptures are taken from the Bible. Examine your ways. Get your feelings out of the way. This is where we are in leadership position. And I myself, as I stand here as a leader, I have to make application to those same scriptures with those who come to me, regardless of how they are connected to me, how nice they are, how much of a blessing they could be. But am I held accountable to enlighten them on what I know is truth? And if that truth applies to their lives, I have an accountability whether or not I want to position them to lead other people. Now, listen to me. We all are guilty, again, of sin and falling short. I'm not saying don't give people a chance. I'm not saying don't give people an opportunity. Listen to me. What I am saying as leaders, how long are we going to strive with persons who have the same repeated conduct and character? If you are sitting down and you're teaching a student, listen to me. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. I want you to imagine being a school teacher. You have a student in your class. And you've been teaching that student for one, two, three, four, five years. And every year, that student has to take a test because all of our lives are being tested. 
The first year, they retained. The second year, they retained. The third year, they retained. The fourth year, they retained. The fifth year, they retained. Listen to me. But the student goal is to just follow the protocols, the instructions of the policy that they knew was already in place when they became a student. What am I saying? If you know there are people on your team, on your platform, that are in positions that you have appointed, and they have not begun to obey the policies that are mandated when they even took the position. And they've sat in those positions for one, two, three, four, five years. Now, listen, there are other students in that same class who got it the first year, who got it the second year, who got it the third year, and they went on to be promoted. And as those students are promoted from grade to grade, and I say in the spiritual realm, from glory to glory, why not utilize those students and let that other student who feel that all this journey is about is speaking out in class. And then the classmates are sitting back saying they're speaking out in class, but we know they are still breaking the school policies. Let me tell you what happens. See, this is why this message is critical for leaders. What's going to happen is all the rest of the students or some of the students are going to say, you know what? If they can do that and the teacher going to still acknowledge to promote them and keep them positioned, they're going to either do one or two things. They're going to fall out the race. They're going to fall out the class. Are they going to feel that either the leader, the teacher, is turning a blind eye to what that student is doing that they know is not an acceptable policy of the school? So therefore, that's going to put that leader in a discriminating position. I got to say this because I've heard people in leadership positions, when it came down to a person who lives an alternative lifestyle, y'all got to grab this. When they speak on that, that mate or that partner, there was nothing nice to say. They really felt that that mate and that partner was a bad influence over the people in the midst of that person. See, we got to get this because I'm talking about hypocrisy. And how can we judge wrong for one person that's acceptable behavior, which is still wrong when you're talking about a family environment? Well, I hope somebody grabbed this. I'm Again, I got to keep repeating this. This is not the tap dance on nobody's toes. But it is to open the eyes of what people in the midst of leaders are looking at. And if you say that a person who live in an alternative lifestyle is not a good influence 
over children. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Neither is an adulteress with children in the midst either. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Because what ends up happening, this is what's going on with the generation. They're going to be perplexed. How are they going to learn the Bible? And they know if they don't learn nothing. See, they're not going to learn anything out of the Bible too much about an alternative lifestyle. Well, I hope somebody grabbed this. Unless they start reading in Deuteronomy, Leviticus. But what, what, what the Ten Commandments, they be posted all up in people's houses. So when they learn these Ten Commandments and they say, thou shalt not commit adultery. And they find out what that word means. Then the environment of their house, they know, is us is 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 out of the will of God. If they learn the Ten Commandments and it says, "Thou shalt not bear false witness," but they sit back and they listen to people and parents that tell lies on the telephone, or they listen to people and parents, especially in leadership positions. I gotta keep re- reiterating that because we need to be mindful of the accountability and they see people and parents sit in their house or sit amongst others and tell the very lies that they know they're telling but yet instead this generation of kids has memorized the ten commandments dissected them google searched the meaning and looking at these meanings make application to or not to your lifestyle if you're going to judge something that's wrong, well, I hope somebody grabbed this. It needs to be wrong across the board. If you're going to judge a sin to detach people, it needs to be across the board. See, this is where we get caught up in the hypocrisy. It's all I'm saying. I got to go back and I got to finish with Well, part one ended, and I need to read this scripture again. And when I read it this time, I want you to really, really, really listen to the words. And again, this is more of an open book Bible. Yours may read a little different. Matthew's chapter 23. 27 through 28. Whoa. And I need, that's the first word. It says, whoa. Now, I didn't define whoa in part one, but I'm going to define that word. Whoa means great sorrow or distress. Whoa means things that cause sorrow or distress or troubles. Woe, woe, it say woe be, woe be. That means you're in a position where there's a condition of deep suffering from either misfortune, affliction, grief. You're in righteous trouble. You're in trouble. Listen to me. Because we can turn. See, I'm so compelled because if every leader begin to walk in the integrity, and I'm talking about in the spirit realm, 
of practicing what you preach. Don't discriminate. Don't dissect it. Because not only are the people who you're guiding watching you, but there are other leaders watching you as well. And, 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 and the leaders that are true leaders, that's, that's, that's walking upright in the word. This is what they're seeing. And just because people listen, just because I engage and interact don't mean that I approve of what somebody doing. I can interact with a lot of people and, and, and don't approve of what they're doing. But I do, I do examine people, positions that place people in positions. This is why we have a voting system. If you know there's a president that's doing something, no matter whether it's in the business world or it's in in the spiritual world, you decide to follow this person. When you decide to follow a leader that allows too much things that they say not to match whether or not they're being a fair leader, then you know what? People will begin to question that leader. Not the people they place. They're going to place them, uh, question them too, that's in positions. But more so, the leader who we back to like the teacher who allowed that student to continue year after year after year. Now, when it says, whoa, it says, whoa, listen to me. Woe be to you teachers. These are people who's causing other people to suffer. Of the law. Woe be to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. Which look beautiful on the outside. But on the inside are full of dead men bones because you're allowing people when you don't correct what you know is wrong then there's something on the inside of you that's not living is that Christ really real in you and what it says and everything is unclean in the same way on the outside you appear to people as righteous But on the inside of you, it says you are full of hypocrisy. And any person in spiritual leadership position that's full of hypocrisy, the scripture says, is also wicked. I'm just reading. Now I want to go in part two to Luke chapter 2, 46 through 47. We're talking about leaders. It say, beware of the teachers of the law. Beware. That's why I said to a group of persons last week, you need to know who you're following in this season. And people who are in positions, be, it's time to be mindful of really how you're leading people. See, I've never been cliquish. I've never been able to sell my soul. What do I mean by that? There are people in leadership positions will allow people to stay in them if these people are providing financial 
uh, uh, seeds into their ministry. That's why here at WDGS, the way we operate in the integrity, there's, I got any bills that are associated with WDGS, I have reoccurring monthly bills in order to maintain my platforms. But you know what? I operate them under a budget that I can afford with or without a donation. So what does that mean? That means I don't have much that I have to care for. This is why I don't run around and try to do more anything that if it's not free to execute pretty much, then I'm I'm not engaging in it. If it's going to cost me more than what I know is taken in, I'm not going to engage in it because it's too many convenient outlets for everybody in the world than for me to generate something that's going to cost me money that I cannot afford to put out. Because what happens then, you're going to dip into your own tithes or offering or just debts and you're going to bound other people to be obligated to give to you in order to maintain your ministry. And I refuse to position not only myself that way as a strategic leader, but I refuse to have other people bound that I got to ask them what they need to give me. See, this is not the way that the scripture says. It says the laborer is worthy of the hire. That's why I'm moving and shaking in this season into different diversities of presentations. Because if I'm laboring, I feel that God has told me I'm worthy of the hire. And if people don't want to hire me that want me to labor for them, then I got to strategize my method of laboring. They'll have to catch my podcast. They'll have to catch my YouTube. But if they want some one-on-one time with me, I'm not in that season that I'm laboring for that. Because they can listen to these messages at their convenience. They can pray and process these messages at their convenience. I'm not putting a price tag on what I'm doing for God. But as long as I now, see, because it's so, so long, I'm laboring. I am laboring. And in that capacity, that comes with the worthiness. And people don't want to do that. See, this is what I've learned. I don't care what type of occupation that you operate in. Listen to me, people. If you get up and you go to work every morning for Amazon and you're laboring, whether you work in the plant or whether you jump in and out that truck, and these people you're assisting, you're, you're positioned in this job to pack packages You're doing this. Every time somebody call you and say, oh, I need you to ship this. You got to go through a protocol and procedure and they hire one person for that position. They got a person to pack and they got a person to deliver. They got different departments. But even one person that's employed, one, 
You cannot convince me that you, well, I'm going to talk about you for a minute, that you will get up, go into this plant every day or get up, get on that truck in and out this heat every day and labor Walk in that plant every day. Whatever kind of job you're doing right now. 95% of the people in the world would not do it for free. Hello? The only way people will mostly labor. See, labor is different from just being generous. When you're generous and you enjoy what you're doing, like I enjoy what I'm doing, I gave it to people freely. But what I found out when I was doing that, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. People will get right selfish. You give them a little time, they feel like you obligated to give them all your time. You give them a day, they want every day. You give them five minutes, they want 50 minutes. And this is what I found out that ended up happening. My whole day would be consumed, my half of my day, all of my nights. And the things that I was instructed on my assignment to do, I, I, I dropped the ball. And see, my assignments come from a higher power. So I had to go in prayer. Listen to me. This is what we got to do as leaders. I said, okay, God, I got all these people pulling at me and they calling me. And I know that I have been appointed for a commission to be available to bless your people, to bless all of us. It's not just about them. It's about me, too. But this is what God said. Take a break. I want you to take a break and spend time with me. A lot of that had to do with me relocating. And I he, and I said, take a break. He said, yes. If you're gonna, if you're gonna teach people to believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you must understand Jesus took a break. Jesus took a, a break for 40 whole days away from other people. 40 whole days. But see, this is what I've learned about people. I can take a seven-day break and people get in their feelings. And so I got to talk to God about this kind of stuff. And this is why people need to pray for their leaders. Because you don't know what we're enduring. Every day I intercede for everybody, even people in the world I don't know. I intercede when I pray and I talk to God about the situations and circumstances going on in the land. Then I got my steady time. Then I got the time that I need to cultivate the legacy of WDGS. I don't have time, in other words, to sit down and lallygag on my phone. And I sure don't have time to sit there and tell you my business. Are you hiring me? Am I in an interview? Oh, see, I know nobody don't want to hear this. But it's time out. If you're operating in a leadership position, what I'm saying, I want to declare and decree to you in this season, it's time to really re-examine not only your position as a leader, but the people that you are held accountable for guiding, the sheep that you are held accountable for leading. And more than anything, it's a season where it's time for leaders to become worthy of their hire. And that's where I'm at. 
If you need me to labor for you individually and segregate you and give you my time and attention. You see, I've been sitting back for years. Listen to me, y'all. For years. And people have pulled me into their drama. People have pulled me into serious situations. And these people can, I'm, I'm enlightening everybody. Because I represent WDGS. I'm not doing this out of my personal position. Because I'm going to tell you something about Alfreda. On a personal level, I've always been a private person. I, 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 I've never been a person, people running in and out my house, and I'm running in and out theirs, and I got to talk to them all day, every day. I've I never been that type of person. Even as a teenager, there was always a remedy of people that I connected with. I've told this testimony, I think, before, but I'm going to say it again. I remember some years ago, beautiful person, real sweet person. I love her. She's a great person. She's kind. She's generous. She's been generous to me. She's been a blessing to me. But we we embarked in a position to transact business. Listen to me. You got to hear this. So as we got connected closer for business purposes, you know what ended up happening? I was sitting at her table, her dinner table, and she said these words to me. She said, you know what? She gave me some compliments and she said, I admire who you are. And I've always wanted to be your friend. Now that kind of threw me. Because I'm there for business. But it's at her house. But see, I never had somebody to invite themselves to be my friend. Now I'm in my 50s. And I'm listening and I said, and I thought immediately, because see, this is how I do when people in my presence. I hear what they're saying, but I also hear what God is saying. I hear what they're saying, but I also hear what God is saying. This is why I cannot get too attached to people because once I hear what they saying, see the first thing I'm the first voice I'm gonna listen to is God, and God will be the one to instruct me and say, Mm-mm, "That's a lie, or that's not right, or what are their reasons? What are their motives? Is it godly motives, or is it because they lonesome and they need some attention? I don't need, I don't have time to to latch myself like that, y'all." If you study on people in leadership positions from the Bible, and this may help somebody get delivered. When you look at prophets, pastors, teachers, priests, I'm talking about those who true, authentic, real, raw laborers of God. God won't even allow people. That's why sometimes you can't make pastors personal. You can't do that, people. Because they got to be able to sit and hear from God. This is what the people, let me, okay, let me take you back to the scripture. Hang in here with me, because I'm going somewhere with this. When you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you study about Jesus, even when the disciples traveled with him, a lot of things that Jesus was instructed to do, they didn't even understand. Now, these are people where they abode. You know what abode means? They abode together. That means they gave up. They got up in the same place 
They ate together. They journeyed together. They abode. And and, and now when you talk about your pastor or your leader, you don't even live with them. But these people lived with Jesus. Wherever he traveled, they traveled. Except when he segregated himself and he left them to go into the wilderness. Now, nowhere do I recall in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, did he even tell them he finna go on a 40-day fast. The Bible just say he left, departed from them, and went to the wilderness. What am I saying? Don't Leaders don't need to dictate this protocol to you. They don't need to dictate their schedule to you. See, this is when you start looking at the spirit of people. And God will start showing you and telling you some things about people where you will say, uh-uh, I don't, I don't need to do that. And it's not because you don't like somebody. Listen to me. It's not because you, 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 even, you even concerning yourself more than anything about this is a distraction. I got to be about my father's business. That's why I'm telling you certain leaders cannot get too close to people. Don't take it personal. Because when a, when a leader is about their father's business and they got to hear from God, they ain't got time to be caught up in no day-to-day. What I say, I, I listen to my other podcasts from, from Friday, I believe. That's that petty problems. Leaders are here to guide people. But I'm going to tell you something about guiding people. The main thing I'm talking about today That person needs to be a willing vessel. See, we're not here to change anybody. That's the first misconception a lot of people think about people who lead and guide them. We may offer some clinical, psychological advice, but we're in a different role, just like I am in my coaching. My coaching is a labor, and I'm not finna sit down and coach people through every problem that they have. And they don't see me worthy. If I'm helping you, we back to the job. And you going to work every day. You're not finna work for Amazon. And don't think that Amazon shouldn't give you anything. That's the hypocrisy. People will go labor and they'll believe that, okay, they should get paid. You think that you're going to go to Amazon and work for three hours and they shouldn't give you anything? How many times are you going to do that? Unless you just like hanging out at Amazon. But again, I'm a private person. I ain't never been big on hanging out with nobody. I've never had a click, honestly. Even when we used to hang out at the club at 18 years old, there was only two or three people. Me and Renee's, for some reason, it was two Renee's. And then when I wasn't hanging with them, it'll be another person. I never been cliquish. And we'll we'll hang out in our season, and when the season is over, it's over. But I'm living a whole different walk now. I'm not hanging out partying. I'm not hanging out. I'm not in. I'm not. My life is not about that. And I know when people want coaching sessions, if you want to be coached and you want a session, 
That's a whole different thing than to sit down and consume somebody's time in a day. And me and my children, we love one another. I've coached my children for years. For years. And people may not understand me and them. Because I don't call them every day and they don't call me every day. I don't text them every day and they don't text me every day. And I carry them in my womb. Hello. So then I got to sit back and I got to examine some things. Because it's like, what is this about? I'm not an invalid. What is this about? I'm, 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 I'm not cliquish. I'm not no bosom buddy. And I move on an assignment to concentrate on an assignment. I didn't move to a whole nother state for my days to be consumed not doing my assignments. I don't have time. What am I saying to leaders? Because I got to give you this last scripture. It's time to beware. I'll tell you what, God is talking to me. And he's also instructing me to share with leaders. Beware of the teachers of the law. See, we got to be positioned to hear from God. And it's not easy to hear from God when you got other folks, yap, 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 and in your ear. There's a scheduled time for that. What does the Bible say? We got to start walking in these scriptures. We teach people. There's a time and season for everything under the sun. There's a time to connect with certain people. And there's a time to disconnect. There's a time to reconnect. And there's a time to never connect. We're not going to meet everybody in the whole world. What are we doing, people? When God connects you to people, it, and there's a season, and there's a time, and there's a reason. And if you want to continue connections, there are different levels that I connect with people. You want WDGS service? Well, the labor is worthy of the hire. I will sit here and live a peaceful and quiet life. If I'm not going to do what God told me to do. But I got to be, as Jesus told his disciples, I got to be about my father's business. So many days I can wake up and get on this phone, you all. Between the podcast and the things I'm working on, my days are so filled that when at the end of the day, my brain is so tired that all I want to do is have peace and quiet. That's all I want. I want to be left alone with peace and quiet. It's nothing against anybody. But when people don't abode with you and they don't live with you and they don't know what you're enduring and they don't know what you're encountering, this is when I deserve if people are selfish and self-centered. Because, see, I don't need to live in nobody's house to know that everybody at some point in time need their privacy and their peace and quiet. If, they, if, if I got a neighbor, listen to me, and I see that person go to work every day, 
They go to work every day. I, I hear them. I see them. They come in. They out. They go to work. You think as soon as they get out from work, I'm running to their house to bother them. Common sense will tell me that. If I run into them on the weekend, I know then, because this is how people got structured schedules. Some people do. They have structured schedules, and I'm one of them kind of people. When I worked every day, you know what? I would tell my children, hit me up on the weekend. And then there was even some weekends. I had a daughter, she got really, really angry with me because she was pregnant. And I know people fall out with me because they selfish and I won't give them my time. Are you serious? That's why you falling out with me. See, this is what we got to get strong in our walk, people. If somebody falling out with you for the breaths of life that God gave you, they ain't give you your breaths of life. You need to examine your relationship with that person. If you mad at me, I told my daughter, I said, listen, she said, I just need you, mother. I just need you, mother. Listen, she called me crying. I'm not telling nobody to be hard-hearted, but I'm telling people when you got things to do, it's not personal. And if people make it personal, you need to examine your relationship with that person is all I'm saying. And I had to do that. I said, listen, I've been working all week. I've just finished working 50 hours. And I go to the supermarket once a month because this how I, I'm telling you, I live on schedule. So I said to my child, I said, look, if I don't go to the supermarket this particular weekend, I can't go to next month because I strategize my schedule. And instead of them understanding that, so this is what I did. I sent some cavalry. I sent their siblings. I said, if you need some company because you just lonely and you need some attention, I sent your sisters. Because when they got there, I didn't tell her that up front. But once they got there, now you sitting there with two people in your presence. But you calling me crying. About, that ain't what I wanted. See, that's what I'm telling you. I knew then it wasn't about you understanding my schedule, it was about your selfishness and wanting what you want. Because if you just want company, I sent you company. You got company. But you can't, you can't dictate the breaths of my life because you didn't give them to me. And this is where a lot of us get so caught up in relationships and that's a whole nother teaching that I will be more than happy to coach you on. This is why we get so heartbroken in most people in relationships because they carry a selfish self-centered spirit. They want their attention and they need to examine the core of who they are. Why is other people's attention so important to you? Why is these leaders, you got to be able to keep your pastor on speed dial? That's something I've never done. I went practically all my life and never bothered a pastor once I left their church. Because when you got to understand what is your purpose in life, what is your purpose? What are you supposed to be doing? And me, I teach people and coach people. If you're going to cross over into the realm of spirituality or even religion, it's time to be about your father's business. And when we're about our father's business, just like Jesus, he would, even though he traveled with 12 disciples, he went cliquish. 
when they went around and did what they did and fed the people with the fishes and loaves, once he told them, okay, y'all pick up the fragments, okay, let's keep it moving. The next thing you'll read, he took off and he went on over to Damascus or Capernaum or Galilee. He was steady moving, doing about his father's business. What am I saying, leaders? I'm going to read to you Luke 20, and I'm going to put a pen in this podcast, a part two. It said, beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes, and they love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. Y'all see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? And they have the most important seats in the synagogue. And the places of honor and banquets. See what I'm saying? They doing all of this. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. Did you hear what I said? All these events. You see what I'm saying? All these events. They got a conference for this and an event for that. And a conference for this. And people that are clicking and all this stuff. And they... They all connected. Oh, let's I, I, somebody just enlighten me how. Oh, they got to all get together and write a book. And I said, well, I, I'm, I'm listening, but I'm thinking in my head, well, what's that about? But, but, but then when people, but then they told me the collaboration effort is to save money. So, you know, then I got to steal another question mark in my head. Because now if they really want to write a book and publish it, you, you can do it with no upfront money. But a lot of this stuff, see what I'm saying? Listen to me. It said they like to walk around in flowing robes. That means your apparel, your presentation, your looks. You got all these people, they dressing up Monday through Sunday. And they want to be identified. And it said, and they love to be greeted with respect. Oh, what is that? Don't forget to put a, 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 a tag to title me in front of my name. You better not forget to say a uh, 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 pastor, prophet, apostle, bishop. That, that, that's what that means. Hello? I'm just reading from the scripture. That's why I say I ain't trying to tap dance on nobody's toes. I ain't trying to throw off on nobody. But I'm just saying what the scripture says. It says they love to be greeted with respect. Long gone for the days where you can say, sister, what's up, sister? Everybody got to be woman of God, man of God. You got to respect me and say that because I'm a woman of God. And if you forget to tag that in my in my in my in my Facebook or or, or my social platforms, oh, they get offended. Because you didn't call them a woman of God or a man of God or a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or a bishop. Or, but, but, but when you was born, that name that people showed you respect by, oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. It didn't have no title in front of it. Let me tell y'all some people, if you're going to respect that freedom, you're going to respect that freedom. Whether, it got, whether it's a minister or any title. Whether it's a mirror or a mister or a miss. See, we got to get away from that. If, if, I, if people respected you in high school and colleges, you ain't had them titles. Respect is not about the title. 
Respect is about the way that you carry yourself. Because I know some people with all kind of titles in front of their name that they still don't get respect. I hope somebody grab this. Children still disrespect them. Grandkids grow up and disrespect them. They cuss all in front of them. They say any kind of thing to them. Your title does not entitle you to be respected, is what I'm saying. So let me keep reading. Oh, I hope some leaders are listening because we can change the nation. That's is the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm not sitting here saying again to tap dance on nobody's toes, to throw no stone, to throw throw what they call throw out at somebody, whatever that's supposed to mean. I'm here because God has mandated me to appeal to the leaders how we can turn the whole world around if we stop walking in the walk of hypocrisy. For you to examine your leadership position. Are you segregating people? When you're supposed to show love and unite people. And you can show love and unite people without positioning people. You can respect people that don't have a title in front of their name. Everybody want to click with everybody who got a title. And you forget about respecting the people that has been respectful to you. You forget about respecting the people that have been a blessing to you. Because they don't have a title. That's not what respect is. Respect is about giving honor to whom honor is due. And one of the things that the word of God says, and you can Google search it, it says that an elder, anybody your elder, is due double honor. It don't say because they got a title or not. Just because that God has graced them with the breath of life to live long enough to be counted as a senior citizen. Hello? They're your elder. And are you respecting them? I'm just saying. I respect my elders. Equally, if not more, because it's a double honor. That's why when people disrespect their parents, when people disrespect their aunties and their uncles, and they they elders, They don't realize they cutting their blessings. Hello, I'm just saying. Let me finish Luke so I can can put this podcast to a close. I think I might run into a part three. They want to be greeted with respect in the marketplace. And they have these important seats that they got to always be pronounced. In the synagogues and in places of events. They say banquets. They devour widows. Listen to me. They devour widow houses. And for a show, they make lengthy prayers. They they can pray till you fall asleep. It said these men will be perished most punished most severely. That's why I say I'm, I'm not here. To execute this information because I can make anybody change. Because that's between you and God. God says in his word, they will be punished severely. See, we got to get to a place 
Well, we don't merely listen to the word. Because if we just listen only, you know what? We even deceiving ourselves. Anybody in leadership position that's just up there telling people the word and you hearing yourself say the word, you are the word of God. So you deceiving yourself. That's why I could never understand how can a person go to church every Sunday, listen to the words that come out of their leader's mouth, and it does not take a root to convict them to change. If you start going to church every single Sunday and you was a thief, by 10 years from now, from every Sunday, you ought to stop stealing. Hello? If you was a liar, you need to stop lying. What's the purpose of going if you're not going to practice what you hear? Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. If you go in the church and you're not going to practice what you hear, the word of God say you even deceiving. We, we can, we, now we're going to take the spotlight off the leaders because they're deceiving themselves, but you deceiving yourself as well. To do what the words say do. Anyone who listens to the word. And I'm not saying when people get started. That's anything. You got to go through training. Just like on a job. You got to get the routine down. You got to get. I'm not talking to the babies. See babies get excused. Babies in Christ. People who just trying to learn about God. People who trying to understand who God really is in their life. Them not the people that we should be criticizing. Hello? People who don't regularly read the Bible, they're not the people we should be criticizing. Hello? But I sit among people all the time. Oh, I saw on the news, that's just horrible. Oh, they did this, that's just horrible. Well, they, they, didn't, they didn't know no better. And according to my Bible, it said they will be... With few scribes, because everybody going to answer to God. I don't care what they do wrong. Everybody. See, we need to not lose sight of that. Everybody, I say, going to get a whipping. Some going to be whipped with few scribes, but some going to be whipped with many stripes. And what the word of God said, those who know are the ones that going to be whipped with many stripes. So you going to get a whipping. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And that's from James chapter 1, 22 and verse 23. See, you just looking at yourself. Once you done left out that mirror, you don't know what's on your face unless you feel it. But you still ain't looking at yourself. You're not beholding yourself. And that's where we are in this season. It's time for us as leaders to behold our own face in the mirror. It's time for us as leaders to to not just preach what we preach and teach what we teach, but we don't want to back it up with the lifestyle. We want to segregate people. You know what that means. That means it's okay for this person to, to, to stay living in their sins. But then over here, this person that's living in their sin, they wrong. That's, 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 that's when you're listening. 
But you're not doing what it say. You're discriminating. And people who discriminate. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. You deceive yourself. You deceive yourself because you say, I love people. I love everybody. But you cannot possibly do that if you discriminate. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. You cannot discriminate. No matter what, if a person has an alternative lifestyle, you should love them too. Just because you don't agree with their lifestyle, that has nothing to do with not loving them. See, in this walk, we are accountable to operate in what we preach and teach. That's the bottom line. And if you cannot accept sin across the board from nobody, then you shouldn't segregate nice people. I know it's a lot of nice people. If it's wrong, it's just wrong. And if you're going to give a sinful person a position in your platform, then open it up for all sinners to be positioned on your platform. No matter what type of lifestyle they live. And let them lead people. Let them guide people. And see how that and see how that works for you. I'm just saying, y'all. We're gonna stay uniform in this walk to change a nation. And I believe it starts with leaders beginning to examine the hypocrisy of what they teach, preach, execute. From their own behaviors. If your ego. Is what you eat off. And feed off. If your ego is what you eat off. And feed off. If you look at yourself in the mirror. You will see hypocrisy. Are you standing in the marketplace? Are you going to these events. Just to be seen and heard. And then when you go home. You want to talk about who ain't right and who you don't like. I'm just saying, I know that's not proper English, but you understand. What are we doing? I want to continue to say to all the leaders in the land that's under the sound of my voice and those who are not leaders, but you are being recruited to be a leader indeed. Walk in the integrity to not be a hypocrite. Listen, I can be led by a prostitute if she real to what she do. I'm just saying hello. I can be led by a drunk if he real to what he do. Hello. You know, we had an old school saying when I was coming up. It said a man could go out in the street. This is what the old people used to tell us. And they can hoe around all over the city. He can be a drunk He can fall in the ditch. But they say, well, you can take that man, bathe him, and put him on a suit, and he'll still be a man. I couldn't understand that back in the days. Like, well, so how come we can't do all that and still be a lady? Because that was the moral to them teaching us. They said, but you can do the same thing as a female. And people would never view you as a lady. 
They will always ostracize you for whoring all over the town, being drunk and falling in the ditch. And I used to say then, as a child, listen, I'm talking about 12, maybe 13. That's not fair. Because I was one of them fair kids. It was all about what's fair, what's right, and what's right, and what's wrong, and what's wrong. So I ain't just get like this. I just start walking in it. But I never believed in unfairness. So anyway, now that I'm, as my grandmother said, I kept living. And what I did realize, although how unfair that statement is, how true it is. You can have a man that can do all of that. He can be the town biggest whore. But if he turn his life around and put on a suit, he will get people to praise him more and say, Ooh, yes, that man, but he used to be like this. But that man, God knows he done changed. He's a good man now. Oh, that man, he's a hard worker now. Oh, that man, oh, I know where he come from. But that man now, oh my God, he's a blessing. Now you let a woman be like that. Oh, most of her life. Oh, well, child, you don't know. That used to be the biggest hoe in town. Oh, child, you don't know. She used to be the biggest drunk. Oh, child, you don't know. They won't say the same on the flip side and say, but you know what? She done changed. And mine, she changed. Very few people will give a female positive words for transformation. They don't do it like they would a man. And it don't matter what color he is or what nationality. I've noticed that. That's why they used to tell us girls can't do what the guys do and still be a lady. I always thought that was a discriminatory statement. Because if you're wrong, you're wrong. And if you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong. And when you get yourself right, you're right, be it male or female. But that's the type of world we live in, that people will discriminate. But when it comes to leading other people, you want to be fair and you want to be just. And you want to make sure that it's across the board, be whether you a male leader or a female leader. Can we change the whole world? I believe we can. For those of us who are willing to walk upright and begin to lead people in the path of righteousness for God's name's sake. Yea, though we all walk through this valley of the shadow of death, should we fear evil? Not when God is with us. And with his rod and his staff, he will comfort us. Even when people don't understand us, God will give you comfort. May the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. May you be comforted in the Lord. May you continue to prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prosper. And may you understand if you're operating in a leadership position, it starts with you. Examine your ways and not just be looking in a mirror and forget what it's like when you walk away. Restrategize your organizations, your churches, your synagogues, and whatever other platforms you have where you place people in positions is all I'm saying. 
make sure that these persons are not Judas. Because even with Judas, he ended up being rejected. Hello? I'm just saying. He rejected his own self. And I'm going to say this before I go. Some people need to put their own self out the mist. And stop playing with people's lives. Hello? That's watching you. Until part three. On the leadership's laboring. May the blessings from heaven again flow in your life. Meet all your needs. Even the things your heart desires. And you continue to prosper. I want you all to prosper. Because I'm not a selfish, self-centered person. And I genuinely do love people. They may not understand me. But I don't fall out with nobody. I ain't mad at nobody in the world about nothing. Because I live for God. And for God I live and for God I die. In Jesus' holy and precious name. Thank you.